Man, good morning, everybody. Holly. Yeah. Boy, yo, oh boy, yo, oh boy, that organ shore is sounding so good this morning, Kingston. God bless you. Well, okay, let me see. Josh, you got my clock on. You know how you guys like to put me on a clock. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Dennis. I get to serve as lead pastor in this beautiful move of God's spirit called the Bridge Church. So just a welcome, welcome. Today we are going to be talking about something that you really want to talk about. Financial freedom. Amen. Yes, amen. Amen, amen. Uh, before we do that, um, or as we're moving into that, I want you to try some words in your in your mouth. In your mouth, I don't. What, what's what's the first slide you have up there? We've got financial freedom. What do we have up there after that? You can see it, huh? Yeah, you can see it. So I'm going to say it, and then I want you to say it after me, okay? Okay. My Heavenly Father wants me to be financially free. Okay. So let that sit. Let's do the next one. Jesus wants me to be financially free. Amen. Amen. Okay, let's try the next one. Holy Spirit wants me to be financially free. Amen. Okay, check this one out. Do I want to live financially free? with me are y'all praying with me right now because this is a, a moment of breakthrough of deliverance for many of us in here if we want it to be if we want it to be you know God can want something for you that you may not want for yourself ouch thank you help me preach this morning God can have a marriage for you a walk with him for you, and you might not really, you know, you might not really want that for yourself. And that causes a lot of problems. Causes problem, Linda. It's a problem. And so one of my prayers is that as we're here, your heart would turn even more toward what he wants for you. Amen? That's one of my prayers. So if you're praying throughout this gathering, you're turning your heart. You say, I want what you want for me. And that, from that place of desiring what he desires, we take steps from there. We're in a series called The Journey of Generosity because generosity is a journey. We come into the world as babies, and it's all about us. All the mamas and daddies, especially new mamas and daddies, know about that. That baby is crying. 
for food and for drink, to be changed. And we come into the world with this orientation around what can I get? Because it's some things we need, we get. And then if things go right, if they go right, one day we look up and we start saying, what can I give? Amen? One day, and that's if things go right. And if that moment doesn't happen in the life of an adult or an individual, if it doesn't happen, especially in the life of a believer, you're going to have many troubles. Nobody wants to be married to a self-centered man or woman. Nobody wants to hire somebody who's only looking out for them. Nobody wants to be friends with somebody who's always thinking about what they can get from you. And this is one of those kind of churches where we, we engage in dialogue together. So you feel free to just make some noise with me. So generosity is a journey because we already came into the world receiving receiving somebody say receiving is great yeah if you got the faith for it, you say I'm a great receiver amen but if we do it right the light bulb goes off and then we say what can I give I'm tired of everybody always giving to me I recognize I matter and I bring something to the table I want to give that light bulb goes off where if things are going right, y'all say if things are going right. Your kids begin saying things like, no, no, I can do it. I don't want you to do that for me. I can do it myself. If things go real right, they say, not only can I do it for myself, but I can do it for this person too. And I can do it for that person too. And I can do it for that person too. That's, that's how you know it's going right. You know, some people get stuck at the place of, oh, I can do it for myself. That's good. You got to do it for yourself. But if you get stuck there, then what about all those people that are connected to you who need what you can only bring? Amen? So generosity is a journey. And I want to tell you, generosity is uh, it's not just about money. It's just not about uh, uh, singly about money, but it's about whatever you have. Amen? Amen. So, somebody say, generosity, generosity. is about what, about what I have. And as you mature, as you grow in the Lord, then you're looking to see how can I give what I have. Some things you have a whole bunch of, some things you don't have a lot of. But with all that we have, all that we are, we're looking to spend ourselves. I'm spending myself for my family. I'm spending myself for my friends. I'm spending myself for my loved ones. I'm learning how to spend myself. It might be listening to that story for the 15th time. She done told me that story 25 times. I'm going to be generous and listen to that story. I don't know why y'all are laughing. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. 
generous with what I have, not what I don't have. You can't be generous with something you don't have. Amen. Now, there's a whole other layer to it because sometimes we can be generous. We discount what we do have. That's like a whole thing, too. We're not going to hit too hard into some of that. But that's like a whole real thing. Where somebody, you have person A is given an allotment. Person B is given an allotment. Person A says, oh, I don't have anything. Person B has the same allotment as person A and can work that thing. It's like, wait, you got, y'all got the same thing. Person A say, oh, I don't have anything. Person B say, I got the same thing. Look what I'm doing. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. So generosity is a journey. So feel relieved of any pressure because you are not where you're going to be. Let that sink in. Because some of you deal with guilt and shame and you're, you torture yourself. And I should be doing this and I should, I should. You're shitting all over yourself. They heard that part. <laughs> I put that in my book a long time ago. Stop shooting on yourself. Burying yourself in insecurity and lack. You are not where you're going to be a year from now. Amen. You are going to be better at expressing your generosity a year from now than where you are today. Amen. I thought four or five people received it. But this is a part of maturation. This is a part of development. This is a part of growth. This is what it means to be a Jesus follower. Amen. So we're trucking so far. It's a journey. If you hear me saying, take a jog, I'm talking about that journey of generosity. Maddie, Jenny, you remember when you took a jog? You're taking a jog. It's like a marathon. You don't just get there. So you need to be patient with yourself. You have to be patient with yourself. And you have to remember this it's not going to always be like this. That was a good amen right there from, from the juice. <laughs> oh, praise God. So what we want to do is look at uh, one man's journey of generosity. You can say he had a false start. And it's found in Mark chapter 10. At first, I was going to read in two translations, but I think I'm just going to read it in the ESV. But I want to invite you to stand as we read his story recorded in Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As we read his story, it might be your story. 
outcome of his story does not have to be any of our story. And so let's drink this in. This is not a parable. This is real life happening. Mark 10, 17 through 31. Let's read it together. Ready, read. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he asked, and he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. All right, remain standing as we pray. Father, you sent your word and healed them. You sent your word and healed us. Do it now. 
In Jesus' name, amen. 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 On, the, on your way to your seat, tell somebody financial freedom, financial freedom, financial freedom, financial freedom. Financial freedom. Financial freedom. Ooh-wee. Financial freedom. I've been reading this text uh, well over 30-something 30, 30 years. And it's one of those texts for me that when I read it, I relive the same feeling every time I read this text. And everybody probably knows what this feeling is, but guys, you're going to really, you're going to really, really get this. I read Mark 10, and uh, fellas, you know when you get hit in your baby maker? And you then that feeling then comes to your stomach and you feel real queasy? I don't know how that translates in woman world, but I don't know if it's the same thing. But for us, that feeling I get the same feeling every time I read Mark 10. And part of the reason why I get that same queasy feeling over 30 years is because I'm one of these people, I don't like to see people embarrass themselves. I hate that. I hate that. Some of y'all, y'all need a lot of prayer because y'all like to see Some of y'all get a kick out of seeing people embarrass themselves, tripping and falling stairs and all that stuff. I know how y'all are. But me, when I see somebody, I want to see them do well. And when I see people doing poorly, it just, ugh, it makes me like, I don't want to see that. Ooh. And if I don't want to, if I don't have to hear certain details about it, I don't want to hear certain details about it because I will be hurting. And so that is in Mark chapter 10 for me, and it's been there forever. I don't know if you guys felt it the same way, but here we have this guy who thinks he's got it together. Teacher, I followed all the rules. Since my youth. <laughs> now, tell me what I must do to inherit. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, oh, oh. That hurts me. Partly because that is me. You know, when you think you've got some things going together, but you don't. 
or you see people they think they just they you think they 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 just think they've dotted every i and crossed every t and they just think they are just god's gift and you're like bruh no no so i feel for him he comes to jesus I got it together. Tell me what I'm missing. I don't. <laughs> it makes me wonder after all these years, did he, did he really want to know what he was missing? Did he really know what he was missing? Or did he want to hear this awesome, admirable, good teacher say, you've got it all together. Pat on the back. Go on and keep being awesome. Interesting, Matthew, Mark, and Luke record this, this epic moment where this person thinks they are, but they ain't. Thinks they are, but they ain't. When, when these real life stories show up like this, multiple times like this, you, you really pay attention to them. Matthew gives a detail, Mark gives a detail, Luke gives a detail. Some of you know this as the rich young ruler. Some of you know it as the, uh, the rich guy, whichever translation, bless you, sir, whichever translation you're used to. But this man has great wealth, they all agree. And then he comes to Jesus and Jesus puts his finger on the one thing. In this time, we have been looking many weeks about deception. And this young ruler, this young rich guy, this young wealthy guy is dealing with a layer of deception. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Jasmine. He thinks he's something that he ain't. That's tricky stuff. And as you're praying into this passage with me this morning, you're asking Holy Spirit, where am I self-deceived? Where am I self-deceived when it comes to money. Where am I self-deceived as it deals with wealth? Where am I self-deceived where it has to do with me doing my part? Where am I self-deceived? Let's just pray into that. Adrian, why don't you come real quick and just lead us in a moment collectively of praying into that question right there because when I can see it right, then I can deal with it right. But if I can't see it right, then I'm thinking, this message, I'm really am glad you're hearing this message. <laughs> dealing with the same thing that the rich young ruler's dealing with. Oh, I wish so-and-so could have heard that message.
Yeah, Father, we pray even right now that you would open our eyes of understanding. We pray for light. Lord, show us our blind spots. Lord, is there a place where we're hungry and thirsty for more of this world? Show us, Lord, if there's a place where we're resting and secure in the possessions and the money and the abilities, the gifts that you've given us and not you. Lord, we just pray that you'd break the back of covetousness off this nation. We just declare and we just repent. We say, God, we don't want to partner with the deceitfulness of riches. We thank you that you give wealth, the power to create wealth. But we thank you that you're more important. Thank you. It's a partnership, a stewardship. So we just open our heart and we say, God, come in. Help us with our time, energy, and money. Help us to partner with you in Jesus' name. Name, amen. How many of you received that prayer by show of hands there? Yeah, I received that. In verse 21 of Mark 10, Jesus is recorded as looking at this guy who is dealing in a heavy layer of self deception. And Jesus loved him. I think Stephanie had posted on social media about that part. And Stephanie, if you're still in the room, God bless you for doing that. Because what we did was put this text out on social media yesterday just to give you a chance because there's so many layers. And I knew if I didn't do it, I would be tempted to have y'all in here for like four hours trying to teach the whole passage. So I was like, let me just give them a heads up. And that when we come in here, we can focus in on just a few singular points. But when Stephanie pointed that out, that blessed me because what we see is that Jesus is looking at this person who thinks they are all that in a bag of chips. And instead of tearing him down, instead of tearing, this is very important. Instead of tearing him down, like you, you can't even, Jesus doesn't do any of that. Jesus looks at him with love. And begins to give him what he would need for the breakthrough he really, really needed. In this season, let it minister to you every, from top to bottom. Don't dog anybody. Don't beat up on anybody. Speak the truth in love, but don't tear anybody down. And if you can't look at them with love, shut your mouth. You're not ready to speak to them yet. You're not ready to speak to them. Please don't. I saved you that one. I saved you that one. If you can't look at them with love, I'll, I'll be talk to you later. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> because isn't it funny 
that this man thinks because he's got his stuff together, he's operating under a presumption that God, Jesus, is going to come pat him on his back. Because he's got his stuff together. But Jesus did something so interesting. He said, oh, no. But Jesus was so subtle about it. That's why I sent the text out early because I was like, it's so subtle. And if you don't take your time in it, you're going to miss that Jesus is saying, no, you don't have it together because the people around you are suffering while you have something that would be a solution for them. He said, take all that you have and sell it to the poor. Poor, that's people. That's people. Jesus is telling him, you have things that you are not using to help people. Am I in the book? Maybe it's just a big revelation or something, I don't know. But that's what he's saying. He's saying, yeah, you got your stuff together, but people around you ain't got their stuff together, and you ain't doing nothing about it, bruh. To love God means to love people. You can love people and not love God. You can love people and not love God. But don't ever get it twisted. If you love God, you have to love people. Jesus put his finger right on it. I'm glad that you're stocked portfolio looks like this I'm glad that your investments look like this but bruh you ain't helping the people you're around he said in order to follow me you're gonna have to do things for the sake of others divest yourself this is our great leader our great generous giver our great savior he said, if you follow in my footsteps, take what you got and help somebody. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The man didn't know he needed financial freedom, but Jesus knew that he needed financial freedom. I think it was Blake Cameron Photography who had posted yesterday when we set out about this text that uh, the man needed to cling more tightly to Jesus than to his possessions. The way we would say it growing up old school is that you can have what all you want to have, but it better not have you. If you having that Bentley, that Tesla, whatever, sub it in. That big old house, that business, that wife, that whatever. If those things have you, watch out. That's idolatry. I put so much into this thing that I am not following Jesus. And the Lord will put his finger on it. This is stopping you from following me. Somebody say, I can have. I can have. Now, now I'm, I'm counting you guys to be biblical as I say this, okay? I can't teach 18 points. <laughs> I can't do it right now. 
Say, I can have it all, but it can't have me. You belong to the Lord. I belong to the Lord. You can't have me. It didn't die for me, redeem me, forgive me. Not worthy of me. Not worthy of me. So I give myself to you, Lord, for your purpose, your kingdom. So have all you can have in the wisdom of the spirit of God. Amen. Have all the righteous things you can have, good and desirable. Have the best of the best. Have the best. But don't you let that stuff have you. Because if it gets in the way of you loving the people around you that has stopped or impeded your journey of generosity, your journey of following Jesus, who for all the joy set before him endured the cross and the suffering, he goes on and talks about the misuse of wealth, the misuse of riches, and how difficult it is to serve God when you're chained to your possessions or chained to your money. He's teaching us about financial freedom in one aspect, because there's more layers in the text than that. But he's talking to us and saying, I want you to be, this is Bible, a slave or chained to righteousness. I don't want you a slave or bound to financial possessions to the spirit of mammon, if you know that type of reverence. I want you to be free to me, available to me. So it is his will that nothing stops me from giving out of my wealth, my abundance, my money. Nothing would stop me as the Lord directs me to give. Nothing would stop me. If I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough when the Lord is my shepherd, Jesus is saying, knock, knock, knock. Wait, who's the Lord? Who's the Lord? Thank God for what he's doing in the room. You're excellent listening. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We get free in this area and stay free. Oh, my goodness. So many lives will be touched by the love of Christ flowing through us. We will be able to do what we call here excel in love we'll be able to excel in love because I'm not afraid that if I give you something that somehow I lose amen that's not the Lord and we will come back to this text I'm being on my best behavior 
in this text. A little bit of me wants to talk about the assumption that the disciples are dealing in here. I kind of want to. Can I just real quick? Because the Bible said he sent his word and healed them. That when the truth of God goes out, salvation happens. Deliverance happens. People get set free. People get healed all because the word went out. The disciples say, wait a minute, Jesus. We, uh, it's hard to get into the kingdom. It's like. Uh, why are you talking about it being hard like a camel going through the eye of a needle? Why are you talking about that, Jesus? That means that nobody's going to be able to get in because they had thought wrongly that the people who had a lot of wealth were the ones who were most affirmed by God. And so they thought, well, who could be saved? Because to have certain wealth and possessions meant that you had a certain favor or blessing on you. That was some wrong thinking that they were dealing with in the text. And they were saying, well, how hard it must be then because the ones who have the most must be the ones who have the most favor and closeness with God. But from our real life experience, we're like, no, that don't mean that. <laughs> it can. But it doesn't mean that across the, across the board. So that helps you deal with this comparison of people who might be doing bad and wrong things, hurting people, but who are seeming to advance around you. God knows what's going on. God is keeping score. Don't get caught up on what other people are doing. If they have more than you, this, that, or the other, you don't know how they got what they got. You don't know what hell they went through or evil to have what they have. And your Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow to it. Somebody say financially free. How can I believe God or believe Jesus for eternal salvation that I'm going to be with him the other side of heaven and not also trust him with my money today? Isn't that good? It just cuts through a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of time, so I just got to cut through. Wait a minute, I'm believing you for eternal salvation. I can't believe you're going to provide for my needs, supply for all my needs here. Something ain't right with that. So then our thinking has to change. Our mindset has to change about what it means to have a trusted Savior who is able to lead us this side of heaven and lead us on the other side of heaven and be free. And be free. Some of you today, your next step is to, is specifically with this ministry, is just to begin an intentional lifestyle of giving on purpose. As you give, as you do any of the things the Lord says to do, you begin to change. But hearing is not the same thing as doing. Knowing 
that I am supposed to be generous and actually practicing it are two different things. So for some of you, that's your next step. There's others of you, your next step is, I don't even really know what I got. I don't, I'm not a good manager. My management sucks. And that's what I'm really dealing with. And so I would like to bring up the author of Easiest Pie, <laughs> due out in 2024, Matt Fretchel, if you would come. Uh, Sister Mary Clarence said it best. Oh. <laughs> you want to be somebody. You want to go somewhere. You better wake up and pay attention. Um, the the first step is you need to pay attention. Amen. Um, when it comes to money, especially if you've never kind of like walk down the personal finance road. Uh, you can't do anything unless you know what you're dealing with. Um, so oftentimes when I'm talking to people about uh, budgets and things like that, the first thing I tell people to do is to go back the last three months of their financial lives and write it all down. Because you think you know, but you don't. Like you have a good idea, but you don't. And so when you start putting pen to paper and you start doing the numbers, if you don't know that you spend $600 on groceries every month, then there's a really good chance you're, you're going to be uh, mismanaging your money accidentally because you're, you're going to either overspend, underspend, and then that goes with everything. Like coffee, some people, every time they go to Target, they got to have a coffee in their hand to go look at uh, Christmas decorations, you know? And that's totally fine if, you, if that's your thing, but it's got to be written down. You got to know that when you go into Target, you're going to spend $7 on a coffee so you can go look at Christmas ornaments. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a first step. Boom. Boom. Thank you. Yeah, we are looking forward to Matt's book in 2024 that he and Ryan are working on, Easiest Pie, so that we can be a blessing here in this community and beyond. He said, pay attention. Get granular. Get into the specifics. If you're taking that challenge where you review your spending from the last three months, if you're taking that, raise your hand. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Amen. You guys know we do practical church. Be not hearers only. When we move into this, 
we're going to see even more of God's healing and restoration. How many marriages have to go through the drama, the tension, some divorce before we wise up? It's real. So as you're paying attention and you're praying into this, we'll probably have a moment on the 31st where if you do this and you would like to share what you learned, we want to hear from you because we have a culture of try and we want to applaud you. We want to encourage you and we want to be real deal disciples that follow Jesus. Amen. So with that, I want us to stand a spirit of prayer. Liz, will y'all come and lead us and make room? There are things that we've been praying into over the course of this message. I encourage you that as that's happening, lean in, lay some things at his feet. Get honest about some things. Why am I dealing with self-deception? What's my next step with that? Am I going to make time today to go review my spending over the last three months?